Welcome to the year 2024. Yes. The Rebel Radio Podcast. We are back for our first episode of the new year. Um, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Matt and everyone out there listening. Um, Yeah, man. uh, New Year's is is upon us. And uh, man, here we are. We are entering officially. This is our 10th year of podcasting. Uh, Official 10th anniversary is coming up in May. Um, We're going to kind of do a little bit of celebrating throughout the year in a way. With some uh, some special theme months. You know, we usually do two. We might looks like there's gonna be three theme months this year because I have a, a plan for that and uh, and uh, a big tenth anniversary episode and hopefully be back at Compalooza with a big episode and and uh, just another big year for the podcast as we kick off 2024 and it's it's kind of exciting, man. I uh, didn't think we'd make it ten years, but uh, here we are in, in our tenth year doing this, and it's hard to believe it's been ten years too. But for we real. definitely will hit on that more as we get closer to the official anniversary. But that's wild, man! How uh, it's been that long. I, we survived. Uh, we we've survived wives putting up with this now, ex wives for me, and uh, yeah. around kids and things like that. And then we we managed to uh, keep on trekking. We survived uh, Hurricane Harvey, which almost uh, absolutely killed the show, and um, you know, but we're still going and, and, uh, and to many more episodes as we uh, go into 2024. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, that I think about that this started as a little project just for fun. And here we are 10 years into it. Yeah, man. You just, we take it an episode at a time. And then, you know, before you know it, you know, it's like you're, you're, you know, a bunch of episodes in and, <laughs> you know, there's still more movies to cover and, and yeah. everything. And it's crazy because he used to sit down to a show, get up. Now I sit down and I, I go to get up. And my body creaks for being sitting down for an hour. <laughs> That's how much <laughs> yeah. it's changed in two years. <laughs> uh-huh. And, and the technology, you know. I mean, you dropped like seven kids in 10 years, you know. Yeah, man. So, yes. Yeah, yeah at least that. seven. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But, no, it's, it's pretty cool, man. Um, but, you know, it's it's good, man. And uh, we're going to bring back some old special features this year throughout, you know, the different weeks and things. We're, we're, we're going to do some more of that, and, uh, um, you know, and just some different things with the show we're going to try this year. And uh, we're going to kick it off as usual, you know, um, looking back. Uh, I mean, man, New Year's was um, – it was funny, man. I was watching these our neighbors across the street. This dude was lighting like four mortar shells at a time. Yeah. That wasn't what was crazy. That's already dangerous to light four at a time. But the funny thing is he had about all 12 of his family members gathered around. So they were all scattering like flies when they lit them. And uh, our ex-host Frank was at the house hanging out with me. And me and Frank were like, man, I'm going to laugh when one of these motherfuckers fall down, tripping over each other, getting away from these mortars. And then the girls are all screaming at the top of their lungs with the mortars going off. And I'm, we're just like, it was it was quite a comedy act watching them wow. um, do this thing. And it was, um, and then he was buying, I don't know what kind of mortars he bought, man. They were... Uh, Maybe only, I, I swear to you, we weren't going more than 50 feet in the sky because they were, felt like they were right above us and were really loud. Oh, maybe like, like the, the, val- those value mortar packs. Yeah, and man. Stuff. Cause like yeah. these were, I'm like, damn, those aren't very high up there and they were super loud. Yeah, so yeah, the value 99 cents for mortars. Yeah, um, man. They do sell those cheap packs and, and they do not travel as high up. No, no. You know, the, I mean, I the would nice think, ones are those boxes. At least 100 to 150 there. feet of space, safe space. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And, uh, but, it, but it, it was crazy. And, um, you know, and, uh, other than that, you know, good holidays, good Christmas and everything. And, and, uh, it was nice and I had to go back to work and that sucked. But, yeah, yeah, man, it's, <laughs> it, it's never enough time away. I, I feel like, you know, you get the couple extra days and, 
you know, you're like, well, while you're in it, you're like, man, this is nice. And then, you know, back to reality, like right there. Um, so it's, it's always a uh, short lived. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, but, um, it is what it is, man. And, um, you know, life moves on and, uh, that's what we got to do. Um, but man, the cool thing is about being off the holidays is I had time to watch uh, quite a bit of stuff. Um, I guess I'll start with that, man. I, I took the kids to see Wonka, which, nice. uh, Man, you know, I went I went into this with very low not low expectations, but just just whatever, whatever I saw from the trailer. I'm like, okay. But you know, it was a thoroughly entertaining children's family film. It was really good, man. I uh, you know, Tim Timothy Shamont, however you say his name, he's he's quite a quite a talent as we've already seen with some of the movies he's been in. And um he um did a good job, man. I, I liked it way better than that Tim Burton. Johnny Depp movie, uh, you know. And, oh and, uh, yeah, that one. This weird. is definitely in the spirits of the original Gene Wilder film for sure, and um, it, it 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 worked really well in a lot of aspects on the screen. It was very entertaining. All, all three of the kids loved it. I even made my oldest begrudgingly go. You know, I'm a teenager now. I don't want to go see Wonka, but even he uh, thought even he said it was a good movie and he was entertained. So that tells you something. If my if it if it sold itself to my teenager, then it must have did something right. Yeah, man. If the moody, if the moody teenager says, "Hey, this is a good movie," it's yeah, it might be a good movie. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was fun, man. Uh, that's the only thing I caught in theaters, but I uh, managed to watch some stuff at home. I um, I sat down and watched uh, Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon, and um, I don't quite get the hatred it got. I mean, sure, it's not great, and it borrows from a lot of uh, other things. And Zack might have, for once, I usually don't complain about a slow mode, but this one, it's like. All right, Zach, you're overdoing it. <laughs> it's like we don't really need her putting her jacket on in slow motion, but okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's fine. It was a cool sci-fi. I did feel like I'm curious what his director's cut is because it feels like there's a lot of world building scrambled into this two-hour film. Um, yeah. almost too much world building, but that's but uh probably the biggest issue. Yeah, but but it but it's like there's a lot of stuff that's just thrown at you, like there's this spire lady, and then there's this warrior has to tame this bird and it all just kind of happens i mean the story is the magnificent seven the seven samurai told as we've seen many times gathering warriors to fight some people but overall i i didn't get the hatred for the movie i was entertained by it i enjoyed it had some really cool action in it and um, i'm kind of looking forward to what happens in part two you know this story had me intrigued enough to uh want to continue it um yeah. you know i know you watched it within the last episode before before we uh took our little break yeah, I didn't get too too into it, but I, I feel like you know you you touched on you know building too too much you know in a in a short short amount of time for what they were trying to build, and I feel like it, it causes you to have a little bit of a disconnect when it comes to connecting with some of the characters, mm -hmm. and you're just like, okay, well, there's this guy, and, and yeah. okay, well, there's this guy. It introduces a some, lot of people. Yeah, man, <laughs> and and you have some badass action scenes. Mm -hmm. um, and he has some really like, bad acting in it. I didn't notice that. I'm like, yeah, Snyder usually can hire better people than this. <laughs> yeah, and and maybe some of that is just due to just cramming too too much, right. uh, you know, into it, and, and not just uh, you know going the you know the true believer route. You know, just you know, don't explain too much, uh, and reveal it later, and you know, or or put that information in later and, you know, maybe develop the characters a little bit more, make them a little bit more uh, likable and, you know, connected uh, to the audience. I feel yeah. like it, it kind of 
drops the ball in that aspect, um, at least with most of the characters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, as for a Snyder film, I mean, it's it's not the best thing he's ever done, but uh, but it, it was fine. You know, I'll, I'll watch part two when it comes out and I'll watch the director's yeah. cut when it comes out too. see what's different. Like you said, it. it it's enough to to pique your interest and like, mm-hmm. OK, well, what what else is there to it? You know? Yeah. So I'm no, looking for the second part, too. And I watched um, I watched Gareth Edwards latest science fiction movie, The Creator. And this Same. was a movie I was really looking forward to because, you know, I, I like Edwards Godzilla and his in Rogue One. But in this one, man, it's a an amazingly cool idea about AI and humans fighting. And it starts out tremendously well and it ends yes. tremendously well. My biggest problem is the middle of the film. The middle of the film, it becomes just a typical chase movie. Protect this AI kid. Go here. We get attacked. Protect yep. this AI kid. Go here. We get attacked. Protect this AI kid. Go here. We get attacked. Visually, it's outstanding because Edwards movies always are. Yeah. Um, and it's well acted. John David Washington, you know, Denzel's son is really great in it. Um, the young child who plays AI is really great in it. Um, so it's, it's, it's good. It's definitely worth watching if you like science fiction. Uh, but it's just like it could have been great. Like this is a movie that I truly felt could have been like a fucking masterpiece. Yes. And it's just kind of really good, you know, instead of great. You got those uh, those bomb robots I thought were were kind of yeah. cool. There's so, like, so many cool they got ideas. Friggin' suicide bomb robots. Yes. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting casting having Juno's mom as the general or whatever. And I'm like, that's an odd cast. I was like, I mean, she kind of works in the role. I was like, but, you know, I was like, uh, I feel like, you know, maybe they would have gone uh, another route. The lady that voices um, uh, the chick from Heroes Duty in uh, in, in Wreck-It Ralph, think, oh. you know, her as an actress, I think she probably could have been better oh, cast. I as pay a attention to that. I was just like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I thought the movie was fine casting-wise and acting-wise. It just like the, I just think it it's it has such potential and it just like the middle part of the film just was like okay yeah you know and there were some really cool tech ideas and weird stuff in there like uh grabbing the microchip to grab the last few moments of someone's life to talk to them that was kind of wickedly morbid but also kind of like pretty freaking genius you know yeah yeah man it's it's got cool ideas like that in there and then um like you said you know the battle between ai and uh you you get introduced to this espionage uh scenario right off the bat um, which i think is cool because it's already uh trying to you know develop like a you know a little spy network and uh you know that way but yeah it's your point it's kind of a you know catch me catch me if you if you can uh right in the middle um you know trying to sneak past borders while in behind enemy lines um and uh and then of course he you know you find out well i don't, I don't want to spoil it you know he's uh kind of kind of is double crossed by his agency right. and lied yeah. to on hulu people can watch yeah <laughs> yeah and uh you know i always thought that that part was kind of cool but i feel like uh like you said uh it could have been a little bit better and, mm-hmm. and some people you know have it um you know pretty it was high making on top, top 10 list of the list. year yeah. yeah top 10 yeah. lists uh, and I think, like you said, you know, I, I think it could have been um, higher up, but mm-hmm. just, uh, you know, maybe miss the ball in, in the uh, in the middle. Yeah, I think so. And I think, you know, um, 
I guess like you and me, I watch a lot of science fiction and maybe it's making people's lists that they were just caught up in the visual aspects of it and the ideas of it and don't realize like, Oh, there's better science fiction out there, you know, yeah. but it's, it was pretty good. Um, but you know, it, it's definitely worth watching. Um, and I mean, I'm trying to think what else I watch. I watched a, I've still been on a Godzilla kick. I, um, since Godzilla minus one, I have dove hard in this fandom. I watched, uh, you can't get this movie anywhere. Um, except really expensive Blu-rays or DVDs and, uh, the American version has never been released on anything but VHS and Betamax. And that's a, the return of Godzilla in America was known as Godzilla in 1985. Yeah. Um, and I remember seeing that in theaters as a kid and uh, I watched that. I kind of like it. It's kind of cheesy fun, you know, but it was Godzilla's return after almost 10 years. He hadn't been in theaters. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was kind of a direct sequel to the 1954 film. And, um, you know, the, I watched the 85 version because that's when was on YouTube it has all these, Americanized scenes they add into it where the Americans never interact with the Japanese characters or the um, or Godzilla himself. It's all like Americans. He's shot in a military room. We're trying to figure out how to help Tokyo fight this monster. And it's just <laughs> kind of weird how they Americanize the film. Um, you know, uh, it's just really bizarre. And uh, so it's still going down that rabbit hole. And then I've, I'm, I'm through six episodes of Monarch. I'm not all the way caught up because I know the ninth episode came out today. Yeah. Um, but I'm getting there, man. I like it, man. I don't know why. Yeah, it's a slow burn. And I think people were expecting Godzilla in every episode and he's not. But I kind of like how it's tying Godzilla with King of the Monsters. It's kind of explaining where all these Titans came from. Because in King of the Monsters, the biggest problem with it is like, oh, all of a sudden there's a bunch of other monsters and there's no explanation for it. Monarch is really helping fill in those gaps. And to me, it's making the monster verse better because it's explaining things as to why they're happening. Um, you don't have to watch Monarch and enjoy the the yeah. King Kong Godzilla films, but I think it gives you a much bigger appreciation of what legendary pictures is trying to do with their monster verse. Yeah. It's something that I don't think you, you need um, because I think in the monster verse uh, you take it as it is, you know, you, you yeah. see different monsters come out there. You're just like, yep, there's monsters in this universe, you know, right. Uh, you may not know where they come from, but you don't care. Cause you're like, man, big fucking monsters on screen, mm -hmm. you know, going at it, you know, cool shit. But being able to uh to get a background and, and yeah. get some how many episodes have you watched cool. of it i've only i've only watched the first two oh, so you're uh, so i'm, you're I'm slacking yeah. yeah but uh yeah I, I definitely need to catch up yeah i'm enjoying uh, it man it's it's fun uh you know um it's some cool stuff it's worth watching kurt russell and his son are fantastic in it um it's really cool seeing their mannerisms and how they they act as each other um yeah so it's pretty neat <laughs> Um, but I, I like it, man. It, it's, it's fun. Uh, I'm trying to think, I feel like there was something else. Oh, I, I did watch, um, another one piece film, uh, one piece R red. Yeah. I think that's one I watched, mm -hmm. um, with, and, and, uh, and stampede. I think I watched both me and my middle son, Wyatt sat down and watched them. And, uh, those, those are fun movies. You know, one piece is a fun anime. I can see why it's been around 20 years and so popular. Okay. It wasn't Stampede. I'm being told it wasn't Stampede, but I know I watched part of Stampede. Why it's over giving me his two cents. That's kind of correct. But, uh, but, but One Piece is fun, man. I can see why people like it. And then, and, you know, and there's some fan service in there for us older fans, you know, girls in bikinis and things like that. So, you know, so it keeps the older guys' attention and it's also fun and silly for the kids, too, you know. Um, so, so I've been, I kind of enjoy watching that. But, uh, I, I think that's all I watched unless I can think of something else. But I did get some movies and things watched and, while we we're off. Yeah. Um, 
I pretty much other than that, I only watched, uh, I was kind of, kind of slacking, uh, because, uh, there was a movie that I was, I've been wanting to see, but I'm not, now I'm not going to go see it until tomorrow. And that's the boy in the heron. Um, so I'm, I'm taking, uh, we're, we're splitting up the kids. Um, she's going to Galveston with her aunt, with two of them. And I'm taking my oldest and my youngest. We're going to go see, uh, that tomorrow. So be able to talk about it on the on the next is that still playing episode. over here by us uh the i think the japanese well no ed they, i think it stopped showing wednesday uh so i've got to drive all the way out to katie oh, okay i, was I gotta go say, i didn't think it was yeah. playing over here because i kind of looked to see was playing i didn't think it was playing by the house yeah it's showing it's showing at amc 24 that's the closest yeah but that's expensive yeah and, and you know what i i use some rewards points going off on a tangent uh, I used some rewards points so I could get Fantang- Fandango gift cards from my from my work, and uh, we get little rewards points through our site. And so I redeemed them for a, a few tickets, and yeah. I go to use the the codes so I can just you know just you know don't have to pay for the movie ticket because uh, they're like you said a little bit more at AMC, and right. it said I can't use it until one thirty one twenty four. So <laughs> I'm like, it's like, well, how does that God make sense? It. So I, I got duped. So I was like, okay, I guess I'm driving to KD tomorrow to, to watch uh, Haya Miyazaki's uh, artwork. Um, but other than that, I watched I've never seen this movie before. Um, I knew it existed, um, but I didn't know why they felt like they had to do it. But Jackie said that it was a good movie, and I watched Ocean's 8 uh, with uh, Sandra Bullock, Kristen Wiig. Yeah. And I told her, uh, I was like, man, there's a com a comedian that brought this up. And I told her, I was like, yeah, the, the movie doesn't make sense. She's like, well, why does that make sense? So I said, well, well, guys would have had to do all this espionage stuff. I said, girls, they just go up to the guards and be like, hey, you know, you want to get blown, you know? And I just, and they're like, yes, <laughs> yes, here, here's, here are the diamonds. Just take it. Here you go. And, uh, you know, the, that'd be it. That's the end of the movie. <laughs> but you know <laughs> it's like i mean uh, i see no why yeah and so she's she, you know she's like oh you're dumb i was like but you know i'm right it's, it's you know true I'm right it's true uh but um yeah so i watched that and uh kids keep wanting to watch five nights at freddy's over and over and over again so i have that damn song talking in your sleep by the romantics but- stuck in my head why I watched it once, it was good, and I'm, and that's it. He was good. I'm glad because it's not that good. <laughs> it's not, especially yeah, not to watch like that many times. I felt like you know they watched, uh, they may have watched this just as much as they did Mario when Mario came out. I'd much rather watch Mario. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. Other than that, uh, yeah, I've been been just slacking. I need to catch up. Uh, I know once some of the stuff gets starts getting released. Um, I'll definitely be more active, but got to get started on Monarch this weekend. Yeah, it's been a little slow streaming wise lately. There hasn't been uh, a ton of stuff. I mean, the only other thing I did watch is I did watch a, I did watch Dead Reckoning again, and still loved it just as much second time. And and then, you know, and I you know, like I see the trailer for Dune Part Two, and it looks really cool, and like I kind of want to see it in theaters, but I went to try to watch one again to refresh my memory and man, I can't get through it. It's just like, I think I'm just going to wait for part two when it comes out at home. I just, yeah, I realize I'm just not that I've said this before in the show. So I'm, I'm repeating myself, but 
the story of barons and spice and sand just isn't that interesting to me. It's cool to watch once and I'm good. I don't, I, I just yeah. can't make it through part one again. I tried. And, and don't get me wrong, it's greatly acted and, and Dennis Villanova's directing is fantastic. It's just, it's just a boring story for me. When the, and I love yeah. science fiction. I just can't, it's hard for me to get into it. I feel like the beginning is, is good and the end is good. And in the middle, it kind of loses you. Kinda yeah. Like what we were talking about with the creator, but in a different way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, you know, I think I've decided I'm going to save my money and not see part two in theaters. I'll just wait. Yeah. So, I mean, there's plenty of other things coming out in March. We got Ghostbusters. We got Godzilla Kong in early April. Plenty of mm -hmm. stuff coming out to go spend money on. Um, so that's fine with me. <laughs> you know, um, yeah, man, that's uh, that's really it as far as things we watched. Um, and I guess we can get in today's featured film. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Today's featured film, and then uh, and um, so we're kicking off. I didn't realize this that this is uh, an anniversary. This movie came out ten years ago in two thousand thirteen, so we missed it for his ten. That's right. Movie. Yeah, but Wolverine himself debuted. 40 years ago, I believe. It was, I think that's in, the anniversary. 70. Um, 74? Let me look. Let me double check this. Um, Dude, that'd make be sure. crazy. For 84. Wolverine's debut was in November 1974. So this is his 40, almost his 50th anniversary then this year. It is his, wow. his 50th. So I, I read that it was his 50th anniversary and thought, you know, what a better way to kick off 2024 with doing one of his films. And we're not, that's not to say we won't do X-Men Origins Wolverine because uh, we might continue Wolverine's anniversary and maybe do have some fun with that one before Deadpool 3 comes out. <laughs> yeah. Um, as bad as it is, we still might have some fun with it. Um, and to be fair, you know, I recently rewatched part of Origins. It's not as bad as people think it is. It's yeah. got bad CGI and it's got a terrible ending. There's parts of the movie that are okay. Um, but this movie we're doing today is his second solo outing, and uh, that is The Wolverine. We're doing these backwards, folks. We did Logan a couple years ago, and now we're doing The Wolverine, and maybe we'll do Origins Wolverine later. So we're doing his solo films backwards. Um, but, you know, I, I, I rewatched this, you know, this week, obviously, to get ready for the show. And, uh, man, I um, this, you know, this is a pretty good film, except for the last 10 minutes. And that, that's the damn shame of it. It's just like... And this is directed by James Mangold, who um, directed, you know, Logan. He also directed, you know, Indiana Jones, Dial of Destiny, Four vs. Ferrari, um, 310 to Yuma. Very good director. I mean, yes. James Mangold, there's no doubt about it. He's a very talented director. He knows what he's doing. Um, and I think that's what bugs me about the Wolverine. And I'm going to kind of jump right to the end of this movie. It's like, why is this movie so good for an hour and 45 minutes? And then it rushes the ending to the point that it's just like, no, you're just you botch the ending, man. It's like when it's like when any movie doesn't botch doesn't drop the landing. This movie does not drop the landing, and that's my biggest and 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 as a fan of Wolverine and the the ideas they took from the comic books to put in this movie, there's so much I loved about this. Where Wolverine goes to Japan and his former master, and you know, and his he falls in love with Marco and all that. It's all right from the comic books, and it's all so really well done. But then, like I said. The ending doesn't land, and that's what bugs me most about it. And also, um, 
the movie for a comic book film is extremely well acted. Hugh Jackman is great as always in it. All the supporting oh, yeah. roles are great in it. But then you have the chick who plays the Viper, and she's not good in it. No, um, she's not. <laughs> that's like the, so. There's some weak links in this movie that bring the Wolverine down a little bit. But overall, Matt summarize this movie for us. Yeah. So Wolverine, you know, this is post uh, Last Stand. Uh, originally, this was going to be a, kind of an origin-ish film or prequel film. Uh, but they went ahead and decided to make this post uh, uh, last stand to deal with Wolverine's loss and uh, and trying to cope with, you know, him losing Gene uh, in X-Men last stand. Um, so he's kind of a loner. He's, uh, you know, living in this small town, um, fighting for the animals, fighting the good fight, fight fighting for nature uh, at the beginning. And, you know, he gets... Uh, you know, introduced, um, to this, uh, female assassin, uh, and I don't have her name, Miyako or, uh, um, crap, drop the ball there. <laughs> um, Mariko, Mariko. Yeah. yeah she was an, from arrow. Uh, and no, no, Marco's his love interest. Yukio is this. Oh, Yukio, Yukio. Uh, and she's like, Hey, I got an old friend that wants to, pay you a visit before he dies and it's a soldier that he saved uh in world war ii uh when the bombs were dropped and he goes back and he's like hey i i've got a gift for you um it's something i can give you i can give you mortality uh so that you don't have to keep on living eternity is a burden you're watching people die you're outliving everybody around you and you know he's reluctant to uh, give it to him, and you know he seemingly passes away. Turns into this big plot to basically steal Wolverine's uh, powers of healing, uh, so that he can heal himself and he can live for eternity because he wants to live for eternity. And uh, he ends up stealing, uh, trying to steal Wolverine's powers through the armor of the silver samurai which is not how silver not samurai, silver samurai. <laughs> yeah no he uh he still does have uh the the looks cool. sword yeah he, he, he looks, looks cool. the part he's just yeah. like sort of like oh why is he in this yeah yeah he's like i will drill into your knuckles and take right. your essence and like that's not <laughs> how he did it but you've got cool ass ninjas uh yes. he's fighting triads um, you know, and you do have some really cool fight scenes mm -hmm. and it, and it is interesting watching him try and fight, um, while he's, you know, living as a mortal because he was poisoned, uh, in all this by Viper, um, weird chick who decided to rip off her skin, you know, <laughs> for whatever reason she gets shot with an arrow and it's she's like, 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 oh, all right, well, I'm just gonna rip my fucking skin off and, <laughs> you know get Lex Luthor's haircut and, you know, go on a yeah. rampage with my tongue out. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, that was weird. Uh, which I, I don't, in the comics, she isn't even a, a mutant, but they right. make her a mutant in, in this one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And, and then at the end, uh, you know, Wolverine, he passes out after defeating silver surfer or silver surfer, silver samurai <laughs> and uh, having his, his claws cut off. And uh, it goes into a uh, prelude to Days of Future Past, which right. is is released the year after this. Yeah. Well, you know, and like as a Wolverine fan, some of the things I think, like,
this would have worked as a prequel. This should have been the X-Men origin story, but not necessarily tell how he got his powers, just tell where Wolverine came from, where he got his training, where he, he became the man he is because, you know, in the comics, you know, he meets, meets Mariko when he's in Japan training and he falls in love with her and, and it makes him for years that failed love of his is what drives him to be, you know, cause, cause at the end of the day, Wolverine is an animal and he's a beast and he's, he's violent, but he's also, if you read the comics, Wolverine behind all of it is a good man. Logan is going to protect the ones he loves and he cares about. Yeah. And he's going to do what he can to make sure they're safe. And he all learns that from Marco and from falling in love. So it was a driving force behind him in the comics for many years. And that's why this would have worked better as a prequel story, but they chose to do it in post. Um, so you get, he falls in love with Marco in this after already being in love with Jean Grey. So it kind of takes away from what the meaning of the comics was and what he learned from Marco. Um, and, and then they never followed up on it by doing a sequel to this. We jumped to days of future past. We start doing the timeline jumps and all that and the combination with the first class crew. And then we went on to Logan. So there's really no falling out from what happens in this film, unfortunately, because of the way that the X-Men continuity got all kind of screwed up with the movies. Yeah. Um, But as a standalone Wolverine film, I still think this film is really good on a lot of levels and works. Uh, You know, Hugh Jackman, was really thrilled with the script and you can tell he's putting his all into it. James Mangold's direction is really good. Like you said, there it's set design is really great. Um, there's the bullet train sequence is badass. Oh, there's some yeah, really all great the wire work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, Hugh Jackman is at his, he's jacked for this film. I mean, he's bulky and, and strong and like, like the scene where he, he went gets to the rock and the rock yeah. told him what to eat and how many calories per day. And you know, you're, you're going to gain a pound of muscle per week. And he did, he gained like yeah. fucking 24 pounds of muscle. I mean, his veins are popping in this movie on scenes and things like that. Um, you know, and, and, and it shows that he was behind his hundred percent. Um, in the, in the little extended version that's out, there's a couple added scenes of the ninja battle is much extended and it's a little more violent. You see Wolverine, you know, cutting off some limbs here and there in the ninja scene. And that's really the biggest yeah. difference in the extended version. But I also watch this, and I can't help that maybe there's an extended, extended version out there one day. It just feels like the ending is so rushed, like maybe there's something missing from that ending that uh, maybe was filmed. I don't know if we'll ever know. You know, Mangold's not one of those directors that's ever talked about that, whether it was more filmed. And, um, and But the, the one thing the Wolverine did lead to is Mangold coming back for Logan, because even Mangold admitted that the Wolverine, he, he's proud of the Wolverine, but it wasn't quite what they wanted it to be. Yeah. And by coming back to do Logan, he got a chance to make the film he really wanted to make. And of course, Logan is, uh, I think Logan's a masterpiece, yeah. um, you know, and, and the Wolverine though is a very good film and it's, it's better than flat stand. It's better than origins. Yeah. Um, it's probably, I'd think it's better than X-Men one, you know, it's maybe not yeah. better than X-Men 2 or Days of Future Past for First Class. Those three films are probably above this one, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh and then of course not it's not above Logan, but you know, but it's a but it's it's a decent film. Yeah, you could argue it's a uh it's probably the fourth or fifth best X-Men mm-hmm. film for sure. Um and and that's that's saying that's that's saying a lot. 
Um, I feel like, you know, it's, and it's not, like you said, it's a, it's not a bad looking film. It's not a bad directed film. Um, the people that are in the film are giving it uh, a good performance. Uh, the stunt scenes are, are great. Um, and uh, I like that he is just brutal enough. Uh, he, they were fighting for a, that he did, he didn't want an R rating, um, which it, it did end up getting the PG 13, but, mm-hmm. uh, as, Mangold said to him, he said, it's, it's not Bambi. Don't worry. It ain't Bambi baby. (laughs) Uh, I didn't realize that Darren Aronofsky was going to direct this film at first and he started working on it, but he had submitted some changes and he wanted it to be R as well. I guess he was pushing a little harder for it. Uh, And, you know, he just kind of, dropped i guess from the project it feels like aronowski has been wanting to do a comic book film since he almost did batman begins you know yeah um and it feels like why hasn't he done one yet you know i figure one day he's going to get the right project it's gonna look weird as hell we're gonna be like is this an aronowski film it's his every like you said every film is different uh i I wonder how that would look like it'd be very very interesting is he would he go for the it, it would be a grittier look because all of his films are kind of gritty looking, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, the wrestler uh, Requiem for a dream is kind of, kind of gritty looking almost like it's uh, filmed from a lower quality camera on purpose. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a good. And, and I did, I've, I guess I had forgotten that he was married to Rachel Weiss. Um, yeah. And that's like, I guess one of the reasons why he also dropped, he didn't like being, away from her too long so he uh he's like ah, i'm out i'm not, i want to be home i got this young daughter at home so uh it, it passed through his hands into mangolds and uh thankfully thankful for that mild success too um it did it didn't make uh it didn't break records but it made a profit uh and it was it was enough to uh call this film a, a mild success at the box office yeah, I mean, I think it did well. I mean, most of the X-Men movies always did pretty well at the box office. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and this one was no exception. Um, you know, Hugh Jackman was a big fan of the Chris Claremont, Frank Miller, Wolverine comics that set place in Japan. And um, and I guess I was just reading that they did talk about it being a prequel, but him and um, James Mangold sat down and realized they didn't want to be confined to having it lead off into another film. So that's why they chose the set as a sequel, um, which worked. Guillermo del Toro strangely almost directed this too he could have been good he he would have definitely made it uh made the horror element look look good like maybe maybe some more gore i don't know i guess you'd have more blood more more slicing yeah um another part i thought was weird was like i was like so wolverine i always thought that his claws were extension of the weapon s project and the adamantium yeah so i thought it was weird at the end where the uh his claws come out as bones i thought that was a bit odd i was like wait a minute he saw his claws yeah you no know? i thought that I, was a little bit strange i guess they can go through since now the the metal is open like like it, it acts i guess so but then yeah. like one of his claws gets cut off by the silver samurai sword and then he still retracts bone claws i was like that was a little weird and I, you know what you notice, like in Days of Future Past, they got rid of the bone claws really early into the movie because they realized, like, 
I think Brian Singer came in and he's like, no, we're not, we're not doing that. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Own claws. And, uh, well, I, I, yeah. Well, no, go ahead. What are you? Yeah, they, well, I, I thought the, uh, the bone claws were, well, they're, they're pre weapon X, you know, everything's right. coated in animantium. Um, but it's also, uh, you know, yeah, that's right. They origins. did. I forgot. That's right. They did retcon that with the, in the comics with his origin story where he had bone claws. Mm -hmm. That's right. I guess yeah, I, I always forget about that. So and I guess can, that makes sense. He can regen them so they yeah. can, they can break off and he can, of course he can regenerate. So those regenerate. I was reading too, that the studio didn't interfere with Mangold as far as the way the, the movie ended and everything. So it was his choice in it that way. And I sometimes just wonder why he did such a rushed ending, you know, like Wolverine goes through all this battle with the ninjas and he gets to the uh, building where Silver Samurai is and his, his former friend and all that. And it's just sort of this really quick action sequence with a fight between Silver Samurai and, and Viper and and all that. And it just sort of and then he drains his adamantium and he throws his former friend off the side of the building. And it's just I don't know, maybe he was trying to keep the movie under two hours and decided like he had to rush the ending. Yeah, and then a lot of things are a rush, like the uh, um, the archer. Um, forget his character's name. Uh, Hanada or something like that. Is it? Yeah, Harada, Harada, yeah, Harada, and he he acts like, oh, but you know, we have to do this, and then he's like, and we belong together, you know, and and he's. You know, kissing uh, Miyak, uh, me, crap, Mariko, Mariko, yeah, Mariko, and then all of a sudden he's just like, okay, well, I guess I'm gonna help you take down, you know, the Silver Samurai. Right. So, you know, he he turns from like uh, this, you know, bad guy, I guess, to uh, now he's just gonna help him again, right. uh, which is weird. Um, I'm not sure what he does in the comics. I know he's he's a mutant in the comics, and here he's more of a uh, a trained uh you know trained mercenary yeah i'd have soldier. to go back and read the claremont miller wolverine it's been i have it sitting on my shelf over there it's been a while since i've read it yeah um yeah i mean no and that's the thing this movie even has um the great uh um what's his name from john wick uh, oh yeah 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 uh I just Hiro hiroki sonata he's even in this yeah. the movie is well cast I like all the Japanese aspects of this film. I think it was such a cool idea for a story. And, and I think if they had maybe kept the Silver Samurai out of it and had it more about Wolverine and, and coming to terms with his, his uh, who he is and finding his way after losing Jean Grey and, uh, and maybe have him battle. I mean, the whole idea is like he fought the same hand that Daredevil fought in the comics and was just maybe made the ninjas the hand and maybe have his former friend be in control of the hand and just had it as more of a simplified ending to the story like that, yeah. um, where he had to face off with his old friend. Maybe that, you know, it would have worked a little better. Yeah, he started, he, it's almost like they felt forced to add the mutant aspects and these other characters in the movie, and it kind of boggled down the end of the film. Combining Daredevil number 11 with, uh, with Wolverine. Yeah. 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 So, but but overall, though, I mean, you know, it's it's a good Wolverine film. It's a 
I mean, we only have three Wolverine solo films, and it's the second best behind Logan. <laughs> so oh, that, that yeah. says something. And I just saw it made four hundred and fifty-three million dollars worldwide, so pretty successful. Oh, okay. Know? I was only looking. Did, I thought I was looking at U.S. and Canada. I it think. only did about one hundred and fifty in the North America, but it yeah. did. But even one hundred and fifty in North America was pretty solid. Um, yeah. You know, considering, uh, you know, this was uh, two thousand thirteen, so we were in the midst of the MCU. You know, people were tied into that. They were starting at yeah. this point to maybe check out of X Men films a little bit, and of course, next the next year, Days of Future Past would come around, and people would get kind of back into the X Men films. But I think that's fair to say, people were a little checked out, you know, because Origins had already been out at this point, right? Yes, it was like two thousand nine, mm-hmm. and that probably left a bad taste in people's mouths, and they came out with this movie instead, and um, you know, and and then too, you know, you when you have people go to superhero movies, they want to see superhero costumes and all this, and Wolverine's a little bit more of a you know, plain clothes, you know, and maybe that people just appeal to people a little differently because you didn't have all the X-Men. And because yeah. it's definitely a bit more, this is definitely a bit more of an adult comic movie. Yeah, it's PG 13, but it's not Captain America. It's not Iron Man. This yeah, probably appealed to a, a different student. audience. You probably didn't have families going to see the Wolverine. Yeah. You know, he's not necessarily battling, a, you know, a single arch nemesis. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, but I, I guess there's a, uh, a DVD deleted scene uh, or an extra scene that you get if you have a Blu-ray um, of this and he opens a case oh, with yeah, the, the uh, blue and yellow uh, yeah. Wolverine costume in it. So I thought I, I, I need to I need to see if that uh, that clip's like floating around <laughs> on YouTube or something. Well, it's so funny because the X-Men movies always tried so hard to avoid the comic book costumes because they felt... 20th Century Fox and Brian Singer and the various directors always felt they would look silly on screen. Yeah. But then here comes MCU with costume, comic book accurate costumes on screen showing like, hey, it can work. Um, so, you know, uh, was, was something that the X-Men movies just refused to do. Um, and now we're getting Wolverine's yellow costume. And I hope when they do a new bring the X-Men to the MCU. I want to see Cyclops in his classic blue uniform. And, you know, and, and uh, so hopefully we'll get around to it now that they realize it. Screen oh, actor yeah, man. costumes can work. Um, but, you know, the Wolverine, though, is a fun film. Uh, you know, well, I mean, maybe fun's not the operative word, but it's a good movie. It's worth, you know, worth seeing. And uh, a good kickoff to the 50th anniversary of Wolverine this year since he appeared in comics. And um, a good kickoff movie for us for 2024, I think. So. Yeah, man, it's it's uh, never a bad uh, bad thing to to start off your your year with a huge Jackman. You know, oh, I knew you were going to get one joke. Ju- I, I had to. I had I had but, to do uh, it. But you know, let's before we preview next week's film, you know, let's talk a little bit about that. As we previewed early in the show, twenty twenty four, we'll hit our tenth anniversary officially in May. Um, you know, we're going to have a we're going to do our usual April theme month of some kind. We've got uh, our Halloween horrors will come up in October. Um, I'll, I'll throw a bone right now, and, and Godzilla's 70th anniversary is in November. So we we might be doing a Godzilla month in November um, this year to celebrate the big guy's 70th anniversary, especially there we after, go. after re, his resurgence in popularity with a minus one, which was just so awesome in our movie of the year, in case you missed the last episode. Um, but, uh, you can always drop us a line on our Facebook group and tell us what movies you want us to cover this year. Um, you know, cause we, we, we're always open to ideas and we're going to hit 400 episodes sometime in, uh, late May, early June, which is pretty awesome along with our yeah. 10th anniversary. And, uh, and so it should be a fun 2024. And, uh, 
maybe we get some friends to come on some episodes with this year and have a little fun with it. Yeah, man. It's, it's definitely a, uh, a good year for anniversaries yeah. and, uh, yeah, man, it's going to be fun covering all of that. But and no Fast and Furious movies, Matt. No Fast and the Furious? No. no. All right, maybe next year. <laughs> but let's preview next week's film before we get out of here. Um, you know, this is a uh, a movie that, based on the super popular anime from the late 90s, and this is a movie that's kind of a, it takes place in between like episodes 22 and 23 of the show, if I remember right, something like that. Um, and, but it's a standalone film. You don't really have to watch the anime to know what's going on. Um, and this is one of my favorite animes of all time. And, uh, and, uh, you know, I've been wanting to kind of cover the movie on the show, but you can't really watch it anywhere, but it has been on Tubi lately and, uh, and stuff doesn't always stay on Tubi. And that is Cowboy Bebop, the movie. You're about to experience... Phenomenon that's sweeping the nation. Oh, yeah, it's happening. 72 are confirmed dead and 425 Under injured. Under those circumstances, we certainly can't rule out the possibility of bioterrorism. The government of Mars has posted a reward of 300 million Wulong. What the hell is it? Playtime's over. Put your hands behind your head. Go on. Pull the trigger. I blow the bounty if I blow you away. Get ready for the world of Bebop. Say your prayers. What are you? Just a humble bounty hunter, man. Also known as Cowboy Bebop knocking on heaven's door. Um, this uh, I've only actually seen this once, um, even though I have it on DVD. And uh, I actually have an import Blu-ray of it, too, because it's never been... Well, no, not never. It has been released in American Blu-ray, but it's um, out of print, so extremely hard to find. Um, so uh, this is this is not... As popular as this anime is, for some reason, the film is not real accessible. But right now, we're taking the opportunity to cover it while it's playing on Tubi before it goes off of those there um so we will talk that next week and i know you've never seen it i know you're somewhat familiar with cowboy bebop because you watched some of the anime and i don't know if you watched any of the live action series so uh, so it should be a fun one yeah man i remember uh whenever i was in high school watching this the just the the opening song i I was in band and uh we were trying to get our band director to uh approve of us playing tank for one of our concerts which is the uh the theme song for cowboy bebop and uh, the guy was a, a saxophone player, and he was pretty good. He could pro- yeah. probably could have beasted that thing. But uh, very, very, very cool 
instrumental opening. That's that's what always stuck out about me when yeah. I stuck out to me whenever I was watching Cowboy Bebop. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely better than its its clones. You know, I feel like like Outlaw Star, mm. um, you know, is is similar, but it's it's not as good. I think uh, I think Cowboy Bebop is definitely um, the king of that ragtag yeah. bounty hunter group type yeah. of anime. And we'll talk about it more next week, but but if Dragon Ball is the influence for most a lot of children's anime over the last 20 years, yeah. it's fair to say that Cowboy Bebop is the adult influencer of anime over the last 20 years. It's like yeah. the, the dad to Dragon Ball being the son. You mm-hmm. know, I think that's fair to say because I mean Cowboy Bebop's definitely heavily influenced so much stuff, you know. And um and it's it's just it's it's good stuff, man. And I'm I'm looking forward to watching the movie and talking about it next week on the show. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna have to def- maybe maybe watch some of the uh of the live action. Um, that way we can talk about that too. Because I, yeah. I think I missed that. Yeah, I mean it's still on Netflix, and I think in the original series is all over the place now. It's on Crunchyroll, Netflix. You know, it's, you know, it used to, even that wasn't streaming everywhere until the last couple of years. Now it's pretty easy to find on most yeah. most apps now. Um, so that's next week on the show. And, uh, you know, as always the rubble radio podcast.com where you can find us on all apps and all the links are there. And, uh, we look forward to bringing some good episodes to you in the, the new year and, um, happy new year to you all. And thank you for listening as always. And, uh, happy new year to you, Matt. Yeah. Happy and, new uh, year, man. This is always has been Mark. This has been Matt until next time. Remember as always into the year, just go there, just go and there and do it. it.